Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 89, Top 5 Epic Songs. Welcome to episode number 89 of the Only Three Lads podcast. Can you believe it, Professor? No. 89. It's beginning to sound scary. I mean, eventually there's going to be a a time when we can't count that high. Uh, Well, we'll we'll be able to write it down, though. But we've done it 89 times now. 89 episodes plus bonus episodes. So there's even actually more where we've taken a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. I am Uncle Greg, and we've already talked to Professor Brett Vargo. Hello. So how is your week going? Going good? Yeah, my week is going great. We took last week off. Mm -hmm. Holiday weekend, family time. Family time. Had to drop my son back off at the airport and... Ah, you know, bittersweet. Cal Berkeley. He's he's all grossed up now. Yep. He's all grossed up. Uh, So now you tell me, now with Julian, of course, he has uh, been on our, what episode? I can't remember which one. I don't remember. Again, can't count. Yeah, but it was a long time ago. He should come back and do another episode with us. But I'm sure he would love that. Now that he is big college guy, big man on campus, how has he changed just in those few weeks and months that he's been away from home? He has had a little taste of the college life and the parties and all that. So he's been very social and he's really enjoying that aspect of it. His course load is pretty crazy. I mean, he's taking some very interesting and challenging courses. We've talked about he's studying Russian and all that. You know, I think one of the things I'm proudest about is he's really trying to spread the gospel of good music into his surroundings. So he told me the other day that he's turned his roommate onto Velvet Underground. So, you know, I'm happy for these things. All right. Yes. Dementing one mind at a time. Thank you, Julian. We do appreciate (laughs) it. Get them onto our podcast here. Of course, this week we're taking a look at our top five epic songs over six minutes. And there's a lot of great songs. Yes. We have to say it in a very um, Charlton Heston-esque voice, maybe. Okay. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. You can pry the songs out of my dead cold hand, something like that. Would that work? <laughs> That'd work. <laughs> All right. Hello, so how did you tackle this week? You know, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking of songs that I like and then going back and finding songs that were over six minutes. And then I just kept on looking at different songs and then I just rated them that way. And hopefully my list I'm pretty proud of, um, but I'm sure I left something off. I I felt bad leaving some other songs off like every other week. But I think that uh, I would definitely like to listen to, you know, my playlist of my list type of thing. So 
Yes, I actually created a playlist on my list and I was down to 14 strong contenders and the playlist ran for those 14 songs, two and a half hours, <laughs> which is wild. not shocking, which is not, not shocking, shocking at all. But, you know, I'm a guy who I've probably proven myself to be more of a three minute pop song guy. So I don't listen to a lot of long songs. I mean, I find a lot of it to be pretty tedious, self-indulgent bloated or maybe songs that capture a mood but don't really go anywhere and there's a place for all that stuff but i had to make the distinction between just simply long songs and epic songs like where you have a a very defined beginning middle and end kind of like a like an epic film so the way i look at epic is something that a song that really changed things or a song that yeah uh, really resonates to this day in one way or another that's how i kind of looked at epic but you did the whole film thing which is that's why you're the professor yeah well i did the kind of like it captures that heightened sense of drama and it's emotionally complex and it takes you on a journey with its creators so that's kind of how i ended up narrowing down my list i would just thought of if i'm dancing in bubbles and uh Ooh. i had a lot of fun or i have like a memory of somehow this song and what it means in my life or how it probably really inspires artists today still so your list is probably going to be great fun mine's going to be a major bummer no, I don't think it's being a major it. bummer. See, you're you're the thinker. <laughs> is that what I am? I yeah, well, obviously I'm not. I mean, you've heard this podcast before, right? So I don't think so. Um, uh, Eighty nine times plus bonus episodes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go first this week? Let's start off our list. Why don't you go for it, Greg? All right, so I'll kick it off. So taking a look at our top five epic songs, at least six minutes long, is this is one song that I listen to every day for a year, and I finally memorized the lyrics. So in 1997, Daft Punk released Around the World, and it really changed the world. Now, when I first heard the song, it was, or I was in Athens, Greece, MTV Europe. Uh, back then, we didn't have the internet, kids, so you would have different music in Europe and different music here in the States. One of the things I remember being in Athens was the Red Hot Chili Peppers were talking about Pat Smear leaving the band. And I was working at a radio station here in Phoenix at the time and I would always call and kind of give like an update at night about what's happening in music in Europe. And I was telling people, you know, the Foo Fighters, Pat Smear's leaving the band. They wouldn't believe me, but they were on MTV Europe talking about it. And even the band was talking about this is the last tour with Pat Smear, blah, blah, blah. And that's when he left. And uh, that's what I remember. But this song, you remember, of course, Around the World. And sure, there's a shorter edits of this dance house classic. But the album version clocks in at 7 minutes, 9 seconds. And they say Around the World 144 times, if you're counting. But I still find it hard to believe that anyone could resist this song. A song recorded in a bedroom, so a DIY just monster hit. And that's one of the reasons why I picked it as my number five epic song over six minutes, Daft Punk, Around the World. Great choice. Kudos for learning all those lyrics, too. I mean, that's a tough one. I know. It was. It was like around (laughs) a world. No, it's around the world. And finally, I mean, it took me a while, but I got it. Yeah. 
You should be very proud. <laughs> Thank you. See, maybe I am a thinker. So you were talking about the Foo Fighters because originally you said the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, so. um, yeah, okay, yeah, it was the Foo okay. Fighters. You're right. Yeah, all right. right. I was because I was thinking as soon as you said that, I don't remember Pat Smear being the Red Hot Chili yeah, Peppers. Then, again, I am not a thinker. Let's go back to oh, that. That's all right. Um, but it was the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Maybe you're an overthinker. I don't. I, I have Dame Bramage from you yeah. know my life. Maybe that's it more than anything. Oh, life is a the one thing that will surely kill you. Exactly. All right. Well, kicking off my list is surprisingly the most recent song on my list from 1994's Dogman Star. It is Suede's The Asphalt World. Great song. Yes. Clocking in at nine minutes, 25 seconds. This is a dark, slow-burning ode to longing, lust, and betrayal, reportedly written about Brett Anderson's girlfriend at the time, who also happened to be involved with another woman. This girl who walks in the asphalt world comes to Anderson for a supply of ecstasy, who rides in the back seats of taxis with them like skeletons ever so pretty. Then she goes on to her female lover. Anderson is driven wild by paranoia and jealousy, conjuring up visions of the two sharing mascara and wondering who she loves in time-honored fur, him or her. He chillingly reminds the other woman that when you're there in her arms and there in her legs, well, I'll be in her head. Well, that's revenge for you. <laughs> Ride in taxi to the ends of the city Like big stars in the backseat Like skeletons of a soul pretty The band plays with fire and elegance and in fact... Guitarist Bernard Butler wanted the song to be longer, less restrained, and more over the top, and used his increasing resentment for Brett Anderson as the impetus for the intense performance. It's one of my favorite Suede tracks, and it's the come down on a classic album. Number five, Suede, The Asphalt World. Now, I told you earlier today that it was kind of funny because you were asking for a Suede song on yes. Resurrection Sunday. And I woke up this morning and I was like, ah, oh, because I'm turning it. I've turned into my father years ago. So when the roosters, I get up before the roosters usually. <laughs> like seriously, 3.30, 4 o'clock, doesn't matter when I go to bed. I go to bed at 9.30 at night or 1.30 in the morning. By 4.30, I'm up. Right. And it uh, drives me crazy. But sometimes I have to take a nap because, you know, that's what, you know, grandpas do. Well, sure. Anyways, I'm not a grandpa, but... I sometimes you wake up before the cocks. Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. Uh-huh. So, what was I going to do when I got up so early, lying in bed? So I started watching these documentaries about Suede because I really enjoy the band. When they first came around, and I was an alternative radio, um, Metal Mickey was the first one, the first single that we played, and it really didn't get a lot of traction. And I was thinking, you know, Suede's such a great band. Why did they not like get hooks in America like they probably should have? And I thought, yeah. And I think it's because that album cover where the two women are kissing, back in 93, America wasn't so open to homosexuality. And I bet you people thought that was two dudes. Now, Brett Anderson got a lot of flack because a lot of people thought that he was gay because in this documentary, he was talking about how he writes not through his like you know his lens but spiritually and how he can like feel other people and so that's why sometimes right. he'd be singing about a guy and people like oh he's a homosexual and then you have that 
album cover come out and that was the first thing that america saw from them and i think that played a part and i'm not sure but that's just my interpretation that if they would have had a different album cover for america people might have embraced the band in the songs a little more because in this documentary they're touring the united states and a lot of the people who they were um interviewing at the shows were gay men who were totally in love with brett anderson you know and but everybody was in love with brett anderson like i would love to have his hair back in 93 right now of course i can't grow it but like <laughs> i think that like that hair was like so iconic and all those posters you would see with his hair and his eyes you can see how the teenage girls and boys just gushed over oh, him just such a magnetic front man and i think you know the musical climate in america at the time was just not right for them you know america was still in the claws of grunge and here's this yeah i mean we'll, we'll call them a little fay glam rock band well they were kind of like the early 70s almost like ziggy star they had like that yeah. kind of thing going on and they kind of got flack for that but the songs just like the first two albums i mean uh, animal nitrate what a great song uh, the Downers. You just, I can go on and on. I mean, really, I got into them later on. But if you haven't got into Suede, start listening to their stuff. Yep. They're an amazing band. Amazing. Even their last, uh, let's see, I think they have three albums since they've reunited. And they're all very good. Yeah, and I know that uh, Brad Anderson, sometimes I watch interviews with him, like on the Today Show, but London, you know, version of the Today Show or yeah. whatever those morning shows on. Um, what a great interview. And it's just like, wow, you know, what a what a smart guy, you know, and, and what a great band. And now that they all got back together, I'm, I'm really glad to see Bernard back in the band. Uh, is he? I thought that he was. I didn't think so. I could be wrong. No, I think that I think in like 2003, they kind of buried the hatchet, whatever they had. And he's been back in that band for a long time. But I could be wrong. Again, I'm not the thinker. Brett is the thinker. I thought Richard Oakes was still playing guitar, but... He might be, but, you know... I think that the band lost a little something when Bernard left in, like, 94. They did. That's yeah. for sure. And I think that definitely he was a creative force in that band. And when he left, they lost a little bit. But they were still huge in Europe. But you didn't hear him over here at all. You know, after Metal Mickey was like, that was the only thing I ever heard from them on the radio, at least in Phoenix. I'm sure L.A., New York, they might have gotten a little... Well, Downers, we played yeah. a little bit here, too. But that was Trash it. a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah. But that's about it. All right, it. what you got for number four? Well, number four on my list of songs over six minutes was a godsend to alternative radio DJs in the 90s. Because let's face it, we were just talking about it. Alternative music had its share of quick, get to the point, don't bore us, get to the chorus songs. But what if you needed to use the restroom as a DJ? You would run, push, pee, run. Zipper, pants still down around your ankles because, you know... Uh, back in the olden days, a computer program by some douche in New York or L.A. didn't play the music. Oh, no, 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 no. The DJ had to put the CD or vinyl on the turntable and push the button so you wouldn't have dead air. I worked with this guy, Dead Air Dave. He locked himself out of the building. Hence, he got the name Dead Air Dave. It stuck with him to this day. Hmm. But Oasis, Champagne Supernova, an over seven-minute song that feels like three minutes would even let you wash your hands and so what a great song i love the feel of it i love the way it makes you just kind of just chill uh so i had to pick this song not only for utility but for the feel so number four oasis champagne supernova great epic track
Epic is right. Epic Again, is right. Oasis, why weren't they bigger in the United States? You know, they were so huge yeah. in Europe, but here, I mean, they did make a wave and they made ripples, but it wasn't, it wasn't like anything in Europe. No, it wasn't. I mean, they were the biggest band in the world for a while. And, you know, here they had Wonderwall, which I believe hit the top 10. But other than that, they kind of went out with a whimper. Well, Champagne Supernova actually hit. Uh, that might have been their biggest charting song in the U.S. Oh, really? I think so. Mm. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before. So, But I, but I think that uh, Wonderwall was another great one. Uh, Don't Look Back in Anger, we would play. So we played a lot of them. But it wasn't, you know, like number one for weeks on modern rock yeah. tracks or anything like that. The problem is that after the second album, then every song they had to fashion into these huge epics. So where, you know, Be Here Now, the average track, track length, I can say that, was six or seven minutes as opposed to being, you know, the, the one sweeping epic on the album. My Oasis pick probably would have been uh, whatever. Another good song. Another good song. All right. Excellent. So you're number four. Well, here's where my list makes a big giant left turn. So like I said, I made my playlist of 14 top contenders and I sat down to write my notes for all these tracks. I was writing notes. I was halfway done with the track that was going to be my number four television's Marquee Moon, which undeniably is one of the greatest and most influential long songs ever written. Mark my words. But then this song came on and it wasn't just 14 minutes long, but it had all the hallmarks of an epic. And this particularly took me by surprise because I wasn't really intimately familiar with this song, at least less so than the others, because despite having it in my collection for many, many years, I'm really not a huge fan of this band and I don't pull their records out often for pleasure. The band is Dire Straits. And from 1982's Love Over Gold, my pick is Telegraph Road. So not only was it a 14 minute track, which was gutsy in itself, but they also put it front and center as the first track of that album. Leave it to a Brit to come up with a poignant sweeping portrait of the rise, fall, and disillusionment of the American dream. Huh. <laughs> Mark Knopfler came up with the song while their tour bus was hauling down a long stretch of American highway, and it tells the story of the Telegraph Road's humble beginnings from an early settler with a dream making something out of nothing, building up a community, rising to prominence with mining, and then the eventual downfall. The factory closures, the resulting economic depression, the bitterness and desperation, as the song says, from the anger that lives on the streets with these names, because I've run every red light on memory lane. I've seen desperation explode into flames, and I don't want to see it again. From all these signs saying sorry, but we're closed all the way down the telegraph road. And as is to be expected, Knopfler's nimble guitar work is dazzlingly on display here, playing every note with the pathos that the song deserves. So my surprise, last minute, number four entry is Telegraph Road by Dire Straits. You know, it's so sad that Money for Nothing is like the signature song here in the U.S. for that band. Yeah, yeah. Because they have a lot of great stuff. But then, of course, then MTV here, Money for Nothing in Your Cheeks for Free. Yeah. And then Sting is on the track, so it just really got a lot of push. I want my MTV. I 
Dead on. Look at Thank that. You. Yeah, not, dead on. Absolutely. Not, not only a thinker, <laughs> but a singer. Oh, but an incredible singer. Yeah, Dire Straits is one of those bands who uh, I you know I like them, and I actually have a good majority of their albums. I think I'm missing a couple, but um, I probably respect them more than I listen to them. Yeah, if you had five albums you could take to a deserted island with you, it wouldn't be Dire Straits. No, it would not be Dire Straits. No, you'd leave them behind. Yes. But then Sorry, you can go, you know what? They got some good songs. But they make my list this week. Now they do. So very good. Of course, we are taking a look at our epic songs that are six minutes or longer here on the Only Three Lads podcast. Now, don't forget, we want to build this community. So please get to our Facebook page. Make sure and hit like and hit uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Whenever you see one of our posts, a lot of people are sharing them. So thank you very, very much. And you can tell your friends they can get us on all their favorite platforms where they get their podcasts like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. And you can always just go to Google and put in only three lads podcast. And there yes. we are. The For those who way. don't have a favorite platform. Yes. Well, there's so many. And then there's some, sometimes I know on my phone that you hit play and it, it I don't know, it just doesn't work very well. Mm. It'll play a song, then it shuts off. And so that's why I go to Google and boom, you're, you're there. We may even still have our Only Three Lads app in the uh, Google Play Store as well for Android devices. I'm not sure if it is, but if it is, that's a good way to listen to <laughs> us too. We're not really sure. We have no idea. <laughs> um, but maybe we'll tell you this by 2022, we'll know for sure. We'll know. Yes. All right. So stick around. Our list continues coming up after this. Yacht rock isn't the only music being played on boats nowadays. If classic alternative music and cruising goes hand in hand for you, you're in luck. On March 5th, the 80s crew set sail to the Caribbean featuring acts like the Human League, ABC, Berlin, Belinda Carlisle, Modern English, A Flock of Seagulls, Gene Loves Jezebel, Drama Rama, and much more. And it's even hosted by original MTV VJs. And in August, why not cruise around Greece on the great rock and roll sea cruise with the Stranglers, Buzzcocks, Graham Parker, Wilco Johnson from Dr. Feelgood, Mekons, Steve Wynn from Dream Syndicate, and members of the Sex Pistols and Pogues. Sorry, Christopher Cross, but you're going to have to walk the plank this time. Arr! Thanks for sticking around. It's the Only Three Lads podcast. Once again, we're trying to build this community. We appreciate everybody who's here. Um, we do have t-shirts, and I'm sure that Brett will have new ideas for 2022. I'm excited to see what we For come sure. up with. With every new season, we have new ideas. Yeah, I was trying to think of some the other day, but then I didn't write it down. And since I have Dame Bramage, um, I'll have to revisit that. So I can't <laughs> tell you about any of my ideas, but they were simplistic. They'll come to you. Yes, but I do have some simplistic ones that were just okay. kind of fun. But it doesn't mean anything. It's all, like I like to say, it's all BS until it happens. It'll happen. You know, there's dreams and then there's action. And you're good with action. I'm not. Just Jeez. being honest. Not true at all. All right. Well, we are taking a look at our epic songs that are at least six minutes long. And there's a lot of great songs out there. And I think that an epic song changes things. And my number three song over six minutes, it's really hard to believe that it was released 25 years ago. This coming up May, it'll be 25 years. Uh, but it makes me wish I still got high. 
because this song has been compared to the songs Happiness is a Warm Gun by the Beatles and Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's Radiohead's Paranoid Android. The first version of this song was over 14 minutes, but they cut it down over half to put on their album, OK Computer, an album I believe we should all lay down on the bed, put headphones on and listen to before 2022. Just my opinion. It's a masterpiece. Uh, Paranoid Android, just one of the songs that makes Radiohead really impactful, important and epic. So number three song, over six minutes, Paranoid Android from Radiohead. Love that song. You know what you were like? You were like the babe <laughs> at the plate, pointing Crack. out to center field, and then just knocking it out of the park. God, Radiohead. And I can tell you, I've, I've told this story before, but the very first time they played at this place in Phoenix, it was called The Library. And it was an actual little bar that actually had, you know, books all over. Say, Mama, go into mm. the library, or Honey, go into the library. But it was a bar. And they used to do like a lot of like 80s hair band stuff there. And then in the early 90s, our uh, radio had this band. We was playing this song, Creep, that everybody loved. And uh, Pablo Honey was the name of this, you know, the album. And if you brought in the CD cover or the cassette cover, you got $3 off the ticket to go and see this little oh. band. And no one knew who they were. They knew the song, Creep. That was about it. And I remember walking in, I could have you know, reached over and slapped Tom Horn. Or Tom York. York, I sure York. See, again, you could have slapped him on the horn. I could have slapped. I'm gonna Tom slap York. you right on the old horn, Tom but York. They're on this little tiny stage, and to think I'm sitting there watching them, and I didn't like. Who knew? Who knew? But that song "Creep" allowed them to make the bends, and then "OK Computer," and "OK Computer" just blows me away. The whole album, mm. "Karma Police," probably one of my favorite songs of all time, and it's on that album. But "Paranoid Android," yeah. If I could just take LSD. And listen to that. It might take me to a new place. Um, what's that stuff that everybody's on now? It's not when I say yuck. Uh, Molly? No, it's the other stuff. So the stuff that you go to like Costa Rica. It's like um, Anna, Anna Wasca? No, Anna Wasca? Oh, I think I've heard of that. That's like, is that the stuff they, they go out in the desert and do it? No, it's more like a. I, I don't think it's a desert, but oh, you can go. To, right. But it's you have a shaman, and then you drink it, and you puke, and yeah, you crap yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. And yeah, then you yeah. have your yeah, and then you have like your uh, LSD trip or whatever your mm. your yeah ayahuasca trip. I would totally do that. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca. They always say, go towards. Don't go towards the unicorn and the rainbow at first. Go to the darkness. And so that's what I would do. And then, because uh, some people do this for like a week, and then you do it again, and then you can go to the rainbows and the unicorns. You're supposed to reach like new planes of consciousness, right? Yeah, I don't know, or just you crap your pants. But I'll, but I'll take the, but I'll take the ride. I don't care. Yeah. Just either way, it sounds fun. I don't know if it sounds fun, but I'll, but I'll do it. Ayahuasca hits you straight in the horn, Tom York. <laughs> Don't you know that I get up before the cocks? <laughs> See, we share a lot of ourselves here on the show. Good, bad, and the ugly. Because we're here for you. Mostly the latter. <laughs> yes. Your yes. number is 
three. Oh, my number three. Okay, well, my number three epic song comes from a band who is now considered a fundamental stepping stone in the evolution of British punk rock, but could barely get the time of day in their day. With their outlandish stage presence, singer Kid Strange's blue hair, a full-time electric violinist named Urban Blitz, and playing long songs that the band said were about urban decay, neurosis, and corruption, Doctors of Madness neither looked nor sounded like anyone else when they first arrived on the scene in 1975. So the track I'm picking is Main Lines, which is the final track from Doctor of Madness's 1976 debut album, Late Night Movies, All Night Brainstorms. Mainlines is a 15-minute glam rock track with the structure of a prog song and the dystopian lyrics that would make the doctors heroes to the punks who were in the know at least. It already opens on a sour note with the line, this is the place the lads come to die, and starts as a dramatic ballad befitting of Ziggy era Bowie or Roxy Music, painting a grim tale of backstreet life of the weirdos, degenerates, and reversal boys on the fringe. The drama is punctuated by extended instrumental passages with driving drums, fuzzy guitar, and phase violin before the acoustic sing-along coda of Mainline Trains Could Never Find Drivers to Run a Service Out to Here. Mainline Trains Could Never Find Drivers to Run a Service Out to Here. It's an existence so bleak and undesirable that not even the trains want to run there, but the instrumental ending to the song makes it sound more like a celebration than a tragedy. The Doctors really never got their 15 minutes of fame, but they did get 15 minutes for this great song, Main Lines by Doctors of Madness, my number three. Well, you got to think for bands with violinists because go-betweens. I do, yeah. I enjoy a good violin. I'm a big ELO fan. Uh Uh-huh. Yellow Card, remember them? Uh, Ocean Avenue? They had a guy who had the violin. They did? Yeah. Huh. I didn't think of them as any more than just uh, like pop punk also rands. They were, but um, yeah, they were a, a pretty complete band. I remember one time, so it must have been early 2000s that song was around because there was something, some promotion, I want to say, with Jose Cuervo. I didn't go, but a guy who I worked with did, and he said, like, those guys, they carried a lot of cash with them. You know, like, they were like, I'm sure they blew through their cash. I'm sure that yeah. they, they all have uh, day jobs now. Uh, but, you know, when you're a young band and you have one hit, well, they, have, they had a couple of hit songs, but... That was the huge one, Ocean Avenue, which is still a great song. But we're yeah. yellow card. We're huge. Five years later, that's a lot of bands, though. You know, hey, yeah, I'll is. take a it one-hit is. wonder. I'll be in a one-hit wonder. Yeah, so I would, and I, I know, would like to think that I would be smarter and more frugal, and you know, save my money. But that's probably not true. Yeah, especially when you're 22, 23, yeah. and you think that the world's going to last forever. Yeah. Or, you know, this ride will last forever. People never think, oh, this is going to end one day. I better plan. That doesn't really happen. Like, I plan terribly, too. Me, too. We were talking about this at work because I'm a journalist. And, uh, you know, we are there's people who are grossly overpaid and industries that are grossly underpaid. Now, people think if you're on the radio or on TV that you must make a lot of money. That's just not true. Uh, because again, supply and demand, there's so many people who would want to do that or will sell their souls to do that. Especially on TV, you see all those young reporters. Um, sure. You know, a lot of them come from upper middle class families. This is why we don't have enough voices because, you know, if, especially if someone's like, let's say one of the weather babes on the weekend, they're being subsidized by their parents. Not all of them, maybe, 
but most of them because you can't live in San Diego and be a weather babe on the weekend <laughs> newscast and live in San Diego without your daddy you know basically owning a construction company somewhere in like Kansas or something you know what I mean you have a fans only page well yeah, well you can't do that because if someone finds it like if you're on TV, there's a moral clause in those contracts. So if you even get a you know a, a drunk driving, which is like one in four people do, people make mistakes. I do not have one, so I'm not trying to you know lay the groundwork for my excuse. But I uh, I don't drink and drive. But there um, people who make mistakes, and those people who get fired for that, you know, because it's against you know the moral clause. It just, I guess, depends on who you are. Sometimes they let it slide, sometimes they don't. But you'd be amazed of how much money you see those reporters on TV or people on the radio. It, it's just, it's that's why radio's gotten so bad, is mm-hmm. because uh, the government allowed it to happen. I don't want to bore everybody, but if you go onto my web, my social media, you see me uh, rail against the 1996 Telecommunications Act over and over again, and that's what just got rid of ownership limits and i'm not a big you know government regulation on industry type of guy but i think that when people sat around in think tanks and said how do we do this when they first started getting the fcc and you know ownership rules they really thought it out and it was a good idea and of course greed and stupidity in the 90s just ruined it all see you are a thinker well kind of maybe a complainer a ranter i think a a ranter. ranter A ranter would probably work better for me. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. The cocks aren't even up yet. <laughs> well, whenever you, uh, you know, when they put the media on Wall Street, that's when it ruined it. It used to be the fourth estate. They wanted to work for the listeners. Now they work for the shareholders and there's got to be dividends. And it just decimated newsrooms. And that's why news is so much what it is today. It's a revenue stream. It's not a service any longer. Okay, I'll go. stop now. All right, there let's get back go. to music. No. Dun, 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 dun. Back Epic. to music. Epic rant. Okay, here we go. This is why it sucks. Um, <laughs> but this is why it's great, though, right here. My runner-up this week for my epic songs that are over six minutes is one that has been on our list before because it's just awesome. David Bowie's song, Heroes. Uh, with its vocal gating progression, which I didn't learn about until the Only Three Lads podcast, by the way. Made me love the song Heroes even more, and it really made me notice Bowie's impassioned vocals, which I always liked the song, but it just somehow there was a little sprinkle of, I don't know, chocolate chips right on top of this Sunday that I was just like, oh, this is even better. And then there's chocolate syrup. I'm just telling you, Heroes makes almost every all-time greatest songs list. There will be only one David Bowie ever on Spaceship Earth. He was an artist who really knew how to touch the sound of our hearts, and Heroes was just one of his masterpieces while he was mortal. But I'll tell you what, if you're talking about epic, David Bowie should be in that conversation. So number two this Mm -hmm. week, Heroes by David Bowie. And just a note, on that Sunday, that was not powdered sugar. No. No. It was not. But that's why he got so much done. Yeah, and doesn't remember most of it. Well, the early stuff, yeah, especially around there. Yeah, the Berlin days. Yes. Well, what a good and 
semi-intelligent pick. Oh, we got another David Bowie song. Yay. We have another David Bowie song. So I'm guessing that when a lot of alternative fans think about long, epic songs, maybe their minds veer towards heroes, or maybe they go to this song, Station to Station from 1976. It's a pivotal track that connects the dots between Bowie's plastic soul leanings of the Young Americans era and the kraut rock of Heroes and the avant-garde that would feature in the trilogy of Berlin albums. Even more amazingly, Bowie, like we said, barely remembers the dang thing. So the song starts with a nod to Kraftwerk's Autobahn with the pan chug of a train moving along the tracks before launching into a lengthy off-kilter instrumental opening that straddles the line between the archness of art rock and the groove of soul. Bowie then steps in to introduce his latest alter ego, the Thin White Duke, coming on as alien as Ziggy, but nastier, spookier, and obviously fueled by his favorite diet. Yes, that uh, that Sunday of milk, peppers, and cocaine. Mm. What a combination. What a combination. Try it sometime. No, don't try it. The lyrics are as evocative as they are evasive in that you never quite know what he's really going on about, but you have a clear mental picture that involves everything that it takes to move this particular character from station to station in his life. Magic, spirituality, sex, and did I mention lots of drugs? Halfway through the song, unexpectedly and thrillingly, it shifts into a skewed combination of disco boogie and glam rock stomp, and for a few exhilarating minutes, you can hear the past, present, and future converging into one. So that's my number two, David Bowie's Station to Station. You know, one of the good things about probably storing a lot of cocaine throughout your life is that you never get a, you know, a, a stuffy nose. True. Yeah. The deviated septum takes care of that. Yeah. Exactly. It's just there's holes all over. So I just, you know, you breathe right in and it's like, woo. Oh, so much I've missed out on. <laughs> you didn't miss out on a thing. Not a thing. All right, it's the Only Three Lads podcast, taking a look at our epic songs that are at least six minutes long this week. Please get to our Facebook page. We want to hear your list because these lists are subjective. And maybe we missed something. Maybe you have a better pick. Uh, Maybe you have a really great top five. Maybe you have a top 14, a top 73 like Brett. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. So get to our Facebook page and don't forget, uh, make sure and like our page. Make sure and subscribe and hit the notification bell. And we will be talking about our number one song over six minutes after this. Hi, this is Linda Hopper and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. Bueno. I have only five words for you. From my cold, dead hands. I can't believe that I didn't even consider Paranoid Android. What an egregious oversight. It happens. That's why these, these lists. It's tough. It does. It's tough. It's like, it's like taking kids and just saying, you're ugly, you're ugly. Okay, you. I mean, I don't know. We, see, we have a heart, Brett. We have a heart. That's just, I know. This is what happens. We do. We really and do. it means something to us. And this is really the only way I feel. I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, but, you know, like... I think a lot of people, uh, we just, um, we connect our feelings with songs and music and where we were. And if we're taking a look at or 
at our past and if we're looking at our future, like what songs are going to inspire us going forward. Don't tell me you're not a thinker, Greg. Am I thinking again? All right. See, we didn't go anywhere. Hey, look at that. Dang it. Only Three wow. Lads podcast. I'm Uncle Greg. We have the professor, Brett Vargo. We take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. You got a little snapshot of what we do here behind the scenes uh, while we're uh, waiting for the promos Chewing the to play. old fat. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, yeah. music really is a big important part of my life. It always has been, but I never really like, I don't watch a lot of TV and if I do it's sporting events or and I don't even do much of that. I did watch the UFC last night because I yeah. just hadn't seen it in a long time mm. and I noticed that on Hulu I can get um, ESPN Plus pay-per-view, at least it was last night because it was at the at the apex or whatever they call there in Vegas. Yeah. So it wasn't like a huge fight, but Aldo uh, or Ho- Jose Aldo and this guy Font had a pretty good fight. That was the headliner. Never even heard of him. Huh. Yeah. UFC I was into years and years ago. And then I kind of, you know, straight away. But I really, um, any person who does any sport, I really uh, ad- admire because not only is it sometimes um, I guess you would call it God-given talent but there's a yeah. lot of people who you know they, they have these skills but then again they they massage them and make them better and you know it, there's never ever an overnight success you hear that but there's not such a thing no it's a lot of hard work yeah if, if you want to do anything in life it's work 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 and then somebody notices you or you you know magic strikes and you have no control over it, so you just ride the lightning. Magic happens when you're in the game. Like opportunities come to those in the game. And whenever you see these these artists or people who play football, even games I don't really care about, but to think how hard it is to get there and then to be on top of that game is like yeah. one of the hardest things ever. And that's why I really respect people who can get there. Wow. Well, you're watching UFC and I'm binge watching the second season of the Save by the Bell reboot. Well, that's why we're different, and we bring different aspects and different angles to music, and that's why this magic works here on the Only Three Lads podcast. Yes, but I will tell everybody that the Save by the Bell reboot on Peacock is brilliant. I was a fan of the of the OG, but this this one was uh, uh, from some of the same writers as like Thirty Rock and Kimmy Schmidt and stuff like that. So there's just a a very different type of humor that is kind of a grown up cheeky type of thing. Yes. Yes, okay. they are not above cursing in this one. Oh, wow. See, now we got to so, watch it. There you go. Saved right. by the bell. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Never let it be said that we don't cover a lot of ground on these shows. Exactly. And and not in a lot of time either. So this this we're cruising yeah. right along on this episode go. number 89. So let's talk about our number one. It's, of course, the song that tops my list of epic over six-minute songs is one that we all know and love. Epic. <laughs> See, Brett, that's why I love you right there, because I knew See, Brett is the hard worker on this podcast. I'm telling you, he that's exactly what I wanted him to do, because enjoy the silence, Depeche Mode, my number one song. Oh, notice how I see. See, Brett is the thinker. That was very dramatic. Uh, You like that? Thinking. I didn't even realize that was over six minutes long. uh, Well, the album version is on Violator. 
Really? Now they do have, a, you know, like like the twelve inch vinyl is also over. I think it's like nine minutes or something like that. Oh. Um, but then of course, if you look at the radio edit, that's like four minutes, whatever. So I went with the album version. It's pure happiness. Now the song originally was a ballad, but the genius of Alan Wilder, he reworked it into that up tempo version we all sing with still to this day. They are a band that changed the world, so of course, a list with epic in it has to include Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence. My number one song, over six minutes. Bam. Yes. Very good, Greg. Yes, I love this song. Yeah. Man, you just really hit it out of the park this week. Well, thank you. A lot of things that I didn't even think about. Yeah, well, I think the paranoid android is what's going to haunt you. Mm, It will. It will. But you'll be okay. Because your number one is probably epic, too. Well, my number one epic song comes from the pen of one of the greatest romantic poets of our time. You may not agree, Greg. It is Yoko. Oh, God, no. No, it's not. All right. Thank (laughs) God. But it's the final track on the 1975 album, Born to Run. My number one is Jungle Land by Bruce Springsteen. This was captured at a time just before the boss graduated from the latest in a line of artists hailed as the new Dylan, quote unquote, to a global icon. Springsteen wrote passionate anthems celebrating the uncelebrated, eloquently detailing their mundane existence with a rare level of perception, sophistication, and empathy, elevating their simple pursuits of escape and freedom to cinematic and, well, epic proportions. Over the course of nine and a half minutes, Jungle Land plays like a rock and roll version of West Side Story, moved from Upper Manhattan in the 50s to the mean streets of Joyzy in the 70s. It chronicles the love affair of a couple who was, coincidentally, born to run, the magic rat and the barefoot girl. And spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for the rat. In between, there's a ballet fought out in the alley, kids who flash guitars just like switchblades, and the hungry and the hunted who explode into rock and roll bands. Like a, let's say, Coppola film, maybe? The whole thing sounds gritty and streetwise, but successfully conveys an aching romanticism full of evocative snapshots and images. with less than 10 minutes, you get the sense that you're only getting the Cliff Notes version of the story, so part of the magic of the song is letting the drama unfold in your imagination to make up the entire movie. And the E Street Band is typically brilliant throughout, able to give Bruce's words the perfect accompaniment from Roy Bidden's plaintiff piano and Suki Lahav's mournful violin that introduces the track, there's that violin again, to the full band's explosion as the tension mounts in the song to arguably the greatest sax solo in pop music history as the big man himself, Clarence Clemens, cries and wails in the song's emotional climax. Everything about this song, folks, epitomizes epic. Epic. So that's my number one, Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land. 
The Boss. The Boss. You know, I, I've always, you know, people I know, always know they love Bruce Springsteen. That's one guy I just tried, to, like Rush for a long time. Yeah. I do like Rush. I went and saw Rush on their 40th, but happened to be the last tour. Uh, and I was very happy that I went. Mm. But the hero worship of Bruce Springsteen, I've never brought into. So what is the first thing that comes into your mind when you think of Bruce Springsteen? Because the night, Patti Smith song that he oh, wrote. Okay. And, well, that, and then, of course, born in the USA, 1984. I guess that's when I first, as a teenager, right. saw him on MTV. And I just, you know, and, and I, I know he's an important artist and he's done a lot of great things and uh, does a lot of things outside of music to help people. And I'm sure he's a great guy. And he's probably a lot like me, blue, uh, grew up in like a lower middle class, blue collar family there on the Jersey Shore. But yeah. I, I just... I mean, if I hear some of his songs, I'm like, oh, that's nice. But nothing like, what is that? I've never done that with any of his music, except for Because the Night. I would imagine, because I was in the same boat many years ago now, but the first thing I thought of with Bruce Springsteen was that mid-80s headband, the tank top or ripped t-shirt or whatever, wiggling his booty in front of the American flag and all that, born in the USA, all that. My turning point was really the Born to Run album, and it was a chance to see... Bruce Springsteen live and listening to that album beforehand that really just captivated me and converted me. Listen to the Born to Run album. All right. Or the Wild, the Innocent, and the East Street Shuffle, the album that came before Born to Run, or Darkness on the Edge of Town. And maybe I'm going to sound like one of those fanboys, but those three albums in themselves have the power to transform your life. Really? Well, I ought to do that because I know a lot of times, like Rush, when I saw them live, then I went back and I said, okay, I like that more. I like that more. Subdivision was a song that I loved from the very first time I heard it. Yeah. Brian Adams is another artist who I wasn't too crazy about. You know, mm. Cuts Like a Knife in 83 yeah. on MTV. Whatever, Cuts Like a Knife. But then I saw him open up for Journey, my first concert, summer of 83. Mm. And I saw him on stage live and I was like, Wow. You know, really? that guy, he was so powerful in his performance. I remember him talking about 105 at 70 to poor Canadians who come to Phoenix. You know, it's great <laughs> during the winter. They love it. But if they stay for the summer, these poor people are about ready to drop dead. And this poor guy comes in on his tour bus and he's like 105, seven at night. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, so I, it was like June of 83. But when I saw him live, and I said, wow. And then I kind of got more into him. Maybe that's what would happen if I ever saw Bruce live. Because yeah. sometimes he, uh, there's been, you know, at different times in different decades where he'll ride up on his Harley and be at Whiskey Row in Prescott. Mm, and he shows right. up there and then he'll do a song or two. I would hope, but he just shows up and then he pays for someone's cancer, you know, bill. And he's done that. So, um, I would like to see him there, but if not, I, I probably should go see him live. It probably would change my perception of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Lyrically, though, in the early days, he was just, he was such a genius. And then what happened? Born in the USA. Well, and Born in the USA is actually a pretty scathing attack on, it uh, is, yeah. uh, on the way the you know, Reagan administration or that era, they treated Vietnam vets. So it wasn't all, you know, hey, America and yeah. all that. So, I mean, it's misunderstood in that way, but but definitely probably around the, the Born in the USA time, I guess his lyrics maybe got a little less wordy, maybe a little less poetic and more, you know, hey, I'm talking to the everyman here. Right. Like I said, I never just was like, Bruce, wow, Bruce. I was yeah. like, okay, whatever. Bruce. 
here, I'll drop you off. I'll go park the car. And when you need me, text me. I'll get you in front. You know, that's kind of my whole idea with him. Uh, so honorable mentions for you. You said you had 14. You whittled it I down did. to let, five. Let me just rattle off some of the other ones that I had. So I mentioned television, Marky Moon. I had Clatoo calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Stone Roses, Fool's Gold. Dream Syndicate, Days of Wine and Roses, Wipers, Youth of America, Buzzcocks, I Believe, Susie and the Banshees, The Rapture, and The Church Chaos. Well, the song that really broke my heart not putting on was Nine Inch Nails Closer. Okay. That was one. And then there was one song, a little bit of a Homer pick, but I really, it's a great song, but it's not in the Only Three Lads era. It was Jimmy Eat World and their song 23. If you haven't heard that song, give it a listen. No. It's a good one, but it came out, I want to say 2001, two, three, somewhere around there, maybe okay. 2000, but it wasn't in the era. So I had to say, can't pick that one, but that's a good little song there. I will check that one out. That'll be my homework for the week. All right. Well, here we go with our list this week at number five for me of the epic songs that are six minutes or longer. Daft Punk around the world at number five. Number four, Oasis, Champagne, Supernova. Number three, the one that haunts Brett, the professor, Radiohead with Paranoid Android. At number two for me, David Bowie and Heroes. And numero uno, Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence. Epic. All right. Yes, that will haunt me for all my days. My number five was Suede, The Asphalt World. Number four was Dire Straits, Telegraph Road, I believe. Number three was Doctors of Madness, Mainlines. Uh, number two was David Bowie, Station to Station. And number one was Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land. All right. So next week, we will be talking with our peeps for our Christmas yeah. holiday party. Oh, yeah. And so we were saying Christmas album or songs. I mean, I don't know. Why don't we? I don't know. What should we do? Just let people pick theirs because yeah, we can pick the I same mean, songs. But albums, I mean, what Christmas albums do we have? Well, I think what we'd have to do, because I thought about this too, was um, we'd probably have to open it up to additional eras, maybe additional genres, because I honestly can't think of a lot of classic alternative Christmas albums or holiday we, albums. And we picked them last year. Why don't we just like plug in our stuff from last year? <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, we'll just bring good stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that uh, we have room for about eight people. We have quite a few people interested. We're hoping we can get everybody in that wants to be in. If not, we'll make it up to you somehow. Exactly. So anyway, somehow. what are we going to do after next week? Should we uh, spin the randomizer or are we going to just hell with it? Well, I'm thinking that this is probably the last regular episode of season two, because we'll have our holiday party next week. And then after that, we're going to bring it up to current time and we'll do an albums of 2021 and a songs of 2021. And then that will take us into 2022. All right. Well, sounds good. Albums of 2021 and songs of 2021 after our holiday party next week. Yeah, that'll be loads of fun. Gobs of fun. Writing this down so I don't forget, because that's how much of a thinker I am Absolutely. You are the thinker. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you once again for hanging out with us. Um, Please stick around. We're going to have the holiday party next week. I'm thankful for everybody in this community. Thank you so much. Uh, I learned so much from everybody reading your post on our social media, everything else. Want to thank you all. And uh, let's take it into 2022. And do it all over again absolutely this has been an epic year for us epic epic so it's only appropriate that we end our regular episodes with an epic 
episode. And you just said that we had our biggest month, so thank you for that, too. We did. November. November November was our biggest month, and let's uh, try to make December even bigger than that. Just keep moving onward and upward. Amen. So it's all because of all of you. We appreciate you. We look forward to spending some time with you on next week's holidays party. Thanks, as always, for listening. And on that note, we will say hello and wave goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.